Hello, hello. Welcome to the Eddie Conversation Podcast. My name is Eddie V. Hill, and I am your host. Uh, this is episode number 95, and joining me today is Haig Basmijan. Mm-hmm. Hello, hello. Yes, welcome. Hello. Welcome to the show. Got to keep the mic close. Yes, I'm teaching him how to podcast here. So, uh, let me um, start with just... You are a oh man. Let me get let me get my note out here. This is a all right. No editing, Eddie. You We're are a this. sports chiropractor. Mm-hmm. You specialize in soft tissue therapy. Yes. Now, um, I don't know. Common listeners of the show know that I come from the film background, mm-hmm. uh, making movies and working on short films and commercials and such. So I don't have uh, the knowledge of your industry um so i'm excited to kind of jump into kind of where the overlap could be and uh and that that sort of thing and kind of yeah see see what you're all about but for starters Uh yeah what how else would what is that what is yeah what exactly do you do and how 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 else would you describe it to okay all right so healthcare industry very very so many shades of gray So I'm sure many of your listeners have heard of a chiropractor before. So I do a little more sports uh, style. I deal with a lot of fitness and patients who are into active lifestyles. Um, Chiropractors mainly are known for their adjusting. I not only do I adjust, but I also do a lot of muscle work, which is known as soft tissue therapy. There's like active release techniques and trigger point therapy. There are so many variations of it. So I do incorporate a lot of those styles. Um, I also combine exercise and movement and my practice is known as you move. So it's really about, and we'll, we'll talk about this too, but it really comes down to how you express movements. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Good summary there. Appreciate the foundational layout. Um, For starters, I'm just trying to figure out where I want to start here because there's a bunch of different directions we can go. But um, I want to kind of explore who you are and maybe start with learning about that through hearing as to why you chose this path and what, yeah, what got you started and what keeps you in it and uh, the whole, the whole why question. All right. Bring out the tissue box. No, just kidding. Um, Okay. Let's see. So around um, junior high, um, I used to be a very overweight kid. Well, not not too overweight, but I was chubby. You know, I wasn't. I didn't like the way I looked. Which, by the way, at that age, we shouldn't even be thinking about that. But here I was thinking about that. Um, so I started working out, and I really enjoyed working out. There were a lot of people around me who offered help in the gym and guidance. So that was very nice of them. Um, so I enjoyed working out. I was able to change my body physique. Uh, 
And then I'm like, okay, let me see if I can make some, like a career out of this. So started studying for personal training, uh, personal training certifications. And then I did that. I really enjoyed it. That's pretty much how I started in the health and fitness industry. Okay. So you said the the gym journey started in like middle school is yeah. what essentially middle when school. you had that, that realization of like I, I want to change my habits and yeah. and be healthier through hitting the gym. Exactly. And then at what, okay, so at what point did you uh, start personal training was because I'm f- imagining middle school and then you're working out through high school and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Was it like post high school this all went down or like what's the timeline? Specific? So about junior, senior year, um, I started at, where was it? Gold's Gym here in Pasadena. That was my first job. Um, oh, you know what? No, my first job was Best Buy. And then I went into Gold's Gym. Uh, but yeah, that was end towards the end of high school. And that's how okay. I started my career. All right. So you got into it to, because I don't know, like how. It was it was actually pretty organic. Um, people kept approaching me like, "Hey, wh- wow, you really were able to change. Um, can you help me?" help me gain muscle, help me, like, write me a program for strength training. And I'm like, okay, why why not just get paid for this since I'm already doing it? Yeah. Okay. And, all right, great. <laughs> cool. So let's go from, okay, so you're a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. So you worked at Gold's Gym, mm-hmm. first first job in this in this path in which you're still on. Um. Yeah, are you talk? You see, you were a personal trainer there, correct? Right out of the gate, or yeah, okay. So, yes, that was what I was hired for. And then, at what point did you? Because Tra- make transition. Yeah, sports okay. chiropractor. Like I don't know, I don't know even what one does to make that jump from personal trainer to kind of a little bit more of a. Uh, like you said, like medical field, essentially, I figure there's a lot of school involved in there somewhere. Yeah, good, good question. A lot of student loans too. Uh, um, okay, so with my journey, personal training, helping clients, um, is Mike okay? By the way, position, cool. It's doing great. <laughs> um, okay, so with helping people change their body composition. And I'm sure, um, you know, if you're physically active at all, let's say um, you do rock climbing, because I know Sarah does rock climbing, you go four or five days a week, you're probably going to, you know, feel some aches or have some minor injuries. So my clients that were seeing me three, four times a week and also working out on their own, were dealing with some stuff too. But as a trainer, well, one, especially in California, you can't put your hands, so you can't do any hands-on treatment to your clients. And you shouldn't really be trying to diagnose their problems. Um, 
So I was in this like little hula where I knew they were dealing with some pains and aches, but I didn't know what those were. And with my personality, I really want to know what's going on. So maybe five, six years into training, um, I enrolled in a massage school. That way I can be certified and licensed to be able to put my hands on someone and provide some treatment. So I did the massage school, great experience, but yet you still weren't able to diagnose and you really didn't have a full scope of understanding of all the different types of pains someone can have, especially like red flag stuff too, something serious. And that's when I enrolled in chiropractic school, just so I can combine all three facets together. Great. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Physical, uh, uh, personal trainer can only do so much. Correct. Massage therapist can only do so much. Yes. So you had to connect all those dots and here, here you are. That's, here we are. Here we are. And so, okay. So you're able to do all of that. You had, you learned, you're able to learn all those red flag, all that, all that stuff. All, all the fun stuff. <laughs> Okay, so I guess let me just throw in a this this feels like a nice time to ask this question here. I just want to get a clarification maybe on maybe some misconceptions about the job. Like maybe there's people approach you and they think you can do something, but you're actually that's not what I do. Uh. Or like you having to explain exactly what you do to people, like what what kind of stuff do people think you do that you don't do? Or yeah, yeah. I, what's pretty popular right now on social media um, is a lot of the cracking videos, like especially this one called Y Strap. He's putting a strap around your head and pulling it from a chiropractor. Um, actually, even from people who aren't chiropractors too. So when people approach me um, they think that chiropractic is just about cracking the bones and that's one of the misconceptions of chiropractors in general and what I do as well there's nothing wrong with it there is a lot of art involved in this field in the health field in general too my my opinion Um, so you see one practitioner and then you go to another, you're probably going to get two kind of different treatment styles. Um, or if you go to a surgeon and then you go to a physical therapist or an acupuncturist, you're probably going to get a different opinion of what's going on in your body as well. So there are misconceptions. And one of the biggest is, you know, chiropractors only crack and only adjust and that's only one part of my treatment style okay so how does that conversation normally go Uh, is that essentially what you say is that uh, they're like hey can you crack my back and then you're like well there's a lot more going on here kind of thing exactly yeah you have to give them the bad news of (laughs) 
sorry, but this is going to be like four to eight week sessions and this is going to be work on your end and these are the stretches I need you to do. And Absolutely. There is more educating involved. And um, if they've only heard one thing, it they are a little reluctant. They're like, oh, wait, can you just, just crack me? Just crack me. But then I, I have a license. I don't want to lose my license. If anything happens to you, I don't want you to get hurt. So definitely have to have that conversation before. And you also feel it out with patients too. You get a vibe like, okay, maybe this isn't the right place for you. Um, I can refer you to other people who kind of do what you're looking for. Yeah, sounds about right. Okay, so that's uh, that's the biggest common misconception is chiropractors do more than uh, that than cracking. Yeah, I mean, close to four years of school for cracking doesn't make sense. It's that can be learned online. Yeah, yeah, and I've never. Yeah, I don't really want to look up the that strap, that head strap thing, but uh, that sounds interesting and weird. Does it help? I've never had it done to me. I, so I can't answer that. Okay. Yeah. I don't but, even know. What is it? Okay. Never mind. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> we'll have to do another video where you're reacting to cracking videos and then we'll. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, there you go. We should do that. Social media. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's see. I want to jump into a little bit about. Let's do this. Let's kind of go in order of kind of how things would go if a client approaches you. Because we talked a little bit about the educating, the education aspects. But, um, like, what does a, let's just say, like, a consultation, like, how that how that goes in general, potentially. And then... Maybe a little bit about, yeah, just start, start with there. Kind of like the first session or if someone calls me to inquire about more info? Um, I think we, we touched on if someone were to call me. Okay, I would okay. pretty much explain everything okay, that I great. just did. So yeah. then session one. Session one. So session one, always start with an examination and taking, getting an idea and understanding the history of what led to like the injury this patient's dealing with. Um, fortunately, had good schooling education. So one of the things we learn is, you know, the patient will tell you the story, will tell you pretty much everything, close to everything you need to know in the story, in their history. Um, so that's, I spend a good amount of time chatting with the patient before putting my hands on them or getting into examination. And then we'll get into the examination part, start with the vitals. Um, Actually, let me, let me pause here. Sure. So you mentioned story. Yes. How good are people at explaining their story? Great point. Um, you kind of have to guide there is a guiding that has to go on. Yeah. But over guiding um, can lead to to leading. Over guiding right. can uh, make it worse as well. Because at that point, 
they can just switch to patients can just switch to yes and no answers or because they don't know and they don't want to complicate the story um, they can just agree with you so it's a there is a fine line with that too unfortunately okay so after we do the history taking we'll get into the examination but overall the goal is not just relying on the history or the examination or what we find you have to combine all together and that's how you're going to get the best or the most accurate um, diagnosis essentially any advice for people going in to tell their story to you on like what to kind of prepare? Cause I could imagine if I was rock climbing and I fell and I kind of fell weird and I tweaked either my back or I don't know what else I would, yeah, yeah just something neck. in my wrist yeah. or whatever. Um, yes. I could, yeah. I can go in and be like, all right, so this is what happened. But maybe there's stories, too, where I, this has been injured before and I injured this exactly. back in high school or I injured this back as a kid. or yes. Like, you kind of have to keep digging. Like exactly. Okay. And not only that, like prior history of injuries to your wrist or your back, but also the days leading up to that gym session that you had. How was your wrist feeling? Did you tweak it a couple days before picking up something at home and you didn't realize so not only is the information valuable at the time of incident, but the couple days leading up to it. So what's common is a lot of people say, oh, I woke up with a stiff neck, or I woke up with neck pain or back pain. So then we have to go a few days prior. What were you doing? Did you do anything out of your ordinary activities? And usually there was something. Yeah, and I could imagine two scenarios in which like, they say I woke up with a stiff neck, but there's probably also other things that could tie into it. Like they tweaked the whole other part of the body that that came to hurting this other thing. And they're seeing, they're feeling this, but actually they ignored this other thing. Yes. And it's like, wait, why do I have to talk to you about my leg? That's like, my leg is not my neck. And you're exactly. like, well, yeah, yeah. just tell me. <laughs> yes. And again, this can be like a 30, 40 minute conversation. And patients don't expect that because, I don't know, when, when was the last time you went to your primary care's office with how hectic the medical field has become? Um, patients don't get that one-on-one -on -one attention as much because it's just go, 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 go. What do you need? Prescribe this. Okay, go get that imaging. That's it. So they're not really used to having that 30, 40-minute dialogue. Oh, that's great. That's yeah. nice. <laughs> that's that's what we should be getting, right? That's I I think so, which is why I offer that. Okay. <clears throat> so you have the so all right, that's session one. You're kinda of having the conversation, then you cut and then you then you work through the examination. Um, the examination. And that's when we well I um We'll do the orthopedic examination, check their neurological system, um, and do a movement assessment so that I can get a glimpse into how the person um, expresses movement. That sounds 
complicated. Yeah. Because when you say expressing movement, I don't even know what that means. Mm. Like, is there is there, like, different categories of, of human beings, like... This person, like, there's like a list of that you can funnel them into. This person's a mover in this way, and this person's a mover. I, I, Good. I'm, I'm trying well, to, yeah, Good I'm trying to. Um, let's take the squat as an example. It's a pretty common exercise. A lot of people who work out like to do a squat. Some people think that they're doing the best squat in the world. Some people purposely, I don't know, don't go below parallel. Um, some people like to go full. Is that, can I use the word, like a cursing word on the show? Sure. Yeah, okay. It's called ass to grass. So that's when you go all the way down. <laughs> we have Sarah laughing in the background yeah, over here. Yeah. It's not even a cursing word, but uh, got to be careful. Um, so yeah, it's it's really, I want to see how you like to do the squat so are you the type that wants to go all the way down are you the type that'll pause in the middle that's what i mean by express movement okay so taking a squat as an example Mm -hmm. you're and is it fair to say that you're looking to see if they're doing it correctly like there's a there's a correct way to do it and there's a way that's going to injure you is that essentially what you're looking for good questions really good questions there is no there is no incorrect way there is no correct way if we really want to get into that world it's what are you trying to achieve by doing it wow yeah <laughs> wow there's no right or wrong way yeah interesting and here's the thing does your body have the capacity to be able to handle the way you're trying to do it. So there's a load, sorry, phone ringing. There is a load capacity your body has. Are you staying within your limits? If you're going past it, that's when injury is more likely to occur. Great, wow. Does this make sense? No, that's cool. I like it. I like it. So being that you are described, being that you're a sports chiropractor, Mm -hmm. sports has a specific connotation to me. I'm assuming, yeah, it kind of speaks active and it might shoo away kind of like, quote unquote, like a normal person that has an office job and doesn't do anything active. But I don't know if that makes any, if that's correct. That Great. That's a great point too. Um, I chose to say it as sports chiropractic because I want, if you were to come to my office, I want you to have the perception there's an active component involved. Um, There are other chiro offices that do like passive stuff. They'll put you on passive machines, uh, electrical stim, and then uh, adjust you. And again, nothing wrong with it. Just not the style that I'm choosing to practice. 
Okay. So I guess I was maybe thinking about the range of people that you get to mm-hmm. look at too is I'm trying to imagine like somebody in their sixties or seventies that comes in because everybody moves Yep. and people want to be active in their later years as well. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what we hope for ourselves. Like, is that the range of scope that like, uh, yeah, yeah, I just this past uh, week, I did start working with um, a 70-year-old female. And uh, she has a background of yoga and Pilates. So any patient, regardless of their age, that I have dealt with has is currently doing some form of activity or has a history of it. <sighs> Sounds great. <laughs> Sounds lovely. Sounds nice. I I don't know how, but every patient I have is pretty awesome. So I'm very happy about that. That's great. Yeah. I know I know one of them. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's Sarah. She's uh she's <laughs> she's awesome to work with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't have to get into uh because there's a whole the whole aspect of the multiple sessions, the recurring clients, the mm-hmm. um, and I don't want to put because Sarah's not here to speak for herself, yeah. but well she is, but she's not going to come in to talk. Uh, but it's called like the accountability aspect of giving information and trying to help people and being like, hey, did you like when you go to the dentist, right? It's like, hey, did you did have you, you have you done your flossing? <laughs> and every time you're like. Uh, no of course not yep yep. (laughs) or yes i did and they know you didn't and all that kind of stuff so it feels like a similar boat for you too correct uh, it's like i showed you these stretches did you did you do them exactly and that seemed that's a whole and i you know i record the stretches or the exercises or the techniques with the patient's phone that way they have it right there with them forever um but it's like Learning any skill, uh, the more you do it, the better results you're going to get. The more of a change you're going to be able to create. So yes, there is a component of you having to do something on your own. And then there is a component of this is probably not going to be fixed in one session. I typically tell new patients like you need to give this four to six visits we need to get a gauge of where you are and then if we need to make any pivots to our course of care or do we continue on building with one direction great it's good to get that clarified get those expectations set that's absolutely that's one thing i need to improve on as well just helping really set better expectations Mm -hmm. because even i try my best to make the patient feel excellent as soon as possible Um, it's a reflection of my work and i I really want them to be better but the expectations should be realistic and you know if you've been dealing with an injury for two years um, for it to be resolved in one session is not realistic yeah it's great Okay, so I want to shift a little bit. It's still we're still talking. We're still talking craft yeah. here. How am I doing? You're doing great. Do- You're great. doing great. Okay. 
Um, I want to gauge maybe like being that you work in the health field. Mm-hmm. I don't. Okay, let's just keep it in the movement space. Okay. Like almost like more. Let's talk preventative measures or kind of like um, ongoing day to day things that I'm gonna give you like a, a different set group of of the way people live. In sure. relation to, let's say, like set life, like people that are on set, there's a variety of different types of people. Mm-hmm. And I want to gauge like what these people could be doing to help better themselves in this specific way. So that way they decrease the likelihood of injury or like, because that's kind of like the end goal too, right? Is making people healthier and being able to live life in the means with the better information and moving forward um that's yeah absolutely yes what one of the things i also tell my patients it's not only the things you can be doing but also the things you should stop doing so you're you're correct on that point okay all right so person number one let's hear it uh because this is kind of this is kind of almost me um but let's let's kind of maybe let's give you a person that when they're working on set let's say for those that are more familiar with set life let's say like my position like a script supervisor i sit in chairs like these Uh and i look at a monitor most of the day and i'm pretty static and then you break for lunch and you go sit down again and then you come back to your seat and you're just like sitting all day or you're standing all day and taking notes and doing stuff like that. Or there's like on the on like bigger movies and stuff, there's guys that just like they put the camera on this whole dolly rig and they roll the they roll the thing around. He's yes. just sitting yeah. operating a camera all day and or even people monitoring the sound. The guys are looking at levels and they have a guy out there holding a boom mic, but the dude at home base is yep. just sitting monitoring levels all day for that type of person that's pretty static mm-hmm. for the, we're talking like 12 hour plus set days here what uh how how do how can these people uh awesome fall apart so this is all spoken about in the first session as well so let's should we use you or sure, do you sure. okay. yeah, use me use me sure. okay so let's take like the way you're sitting right now so if you're telling me you have back pain as an example which you haven't told me um the first thing i'm that's gonna light a bulb in my mind is how you're sitting so if you have one leg crossed you're pretty much creating an asymmetry already and then staying with always the same leg crossed it for that many hours so yeah switching would probably be better or the best would be both feet on the ground (laughs) but um speaking about posture like how to even sit there is no perfect posture the best saying that i think is true and accurate is your best posture is your next posture. So just don't stay stagnant. Don't stay static in the same position. So 
any of those employees, those workers who are, you know, listening to the audio or um, rolling around the camera, just try not to stay too static. Because if you do just stay still, you allow the passive structures in your body, such as like ligaments, to kind of overstretch. And you don't want those structures that are supposed to hold tension, like a rubber band. You don't want a rubber band to get overstretched because it loses its, um, its integrity to keep tension. Okay, so good. To just keep moving. Okay, keep, even if it's keep moving, even if it's micro movements, just you change talk about your position. Neck posture too is what you had mentioned. I'm assuming is that like straight neck versus like cell phone neck. True, and going back to how you express movement, a lot of people just look around too that do text. Some of them fall into a pattern of anytime they have their phone in the hand, like I'll show you, they will always text like this. Mm -hmm. And it just become an instilled pattern in themselves. So that's what I try to identify. Like, how do you express that? How do you express texting someone? Okay, so... That, okay, so that's one aspect of doing the job. So that's like when the job is actually occurring in the okay. seat. Keep moving a little, you know. Just don't, be don't, aware. Be aware, keep moving. What about, looks like I said, it's a long day. Mm -hmm. And the camera is not always rolling. So, you know, stuff shifting around. And there's an opportunity to, to, to walk to craft services and grab a snack. Or do something else. It's hard to kind of like... Because there's not really designated spaces on set normally for, like in the indie space especially, for like comfortable stretching. You always kind of feel like you're in the way or you're doing something weird. Or, But oh. ideally, what should movement like that be incorporated or is there... It know, doesn't even know. have to be that big of a movement. Okay. Just don't stay stagnant. So just even the walking is helpful the walking's fine um, because you are creating communication with muscles and deep tissues in your body and if you stay stagnant um, and if you do repetitive stuff over and over kind of going back to the saying if you don't use it you lose it so if you do the same stuff every day the stuff that's not being used you're going to lose that communication capacity and it's going to be harder to regain. Great. Yeah. That's scary. <laughs> we should create something on set to have like little, little like recovery sessions because I'm sure a lot of people deal with aches and pains on set. Yeah, I mean, there's the you you tighten up for sure in yeah. that kind of environment. Like, and you know, when the camera is rolling, I'm sure you're subconsciously, of course, you're so focused that the last thing you're trying to worry about is your position and posture. Um, so kind of that's out of your hand. But when it's not, when you're not rolling, like you said, um, 
have so, have like an alert set on your phone to remind you like hey get out of that position mm-hmm. create some some good communication that's with great. your body that's great <laughs> oh okay cool all right um i thought i had something else to say but i forgot so okay. let's move on to person number two okay is the complete uh, other range spectrum and we're we're talking more like the sarah type <laughs> and this is like a more of like oh. the performer side. Oh, okay. They're they're yeah. like an actor, or they're like yes. an action actor, or like a, a stunts. Of course. So they're they're there specifically for their movement abilities, and um, I have a really good example. Okay, it's here for Sarah. Oh no, go ahead. No, that's go pretty ahead. much it. It's, yeah, they're they're there, and I know for them it's about keeping their body warm and keeping their body ready and they got to like they're they're falling on the ground and they're having to go over and over again yes. and and then it's the, it's the hurry up and wait lifestyle too it's like you're you're static and then you're not and then you're static and you have to go and but um yeah they're the they're the they're the movers yes oh such such good point so okay. with these patients you need to tell them like, "Hey, hit the brakes," <laughs> and I don't know. Sarah and I have had this conversation, um, so I would tell her like, "Listen, you need to give so and so a break, part of your body. Don't do anything." And then she'll come in for a follow-up visit, and I would ask, "Hey, hey, Sarah, what did you do? Did you do anything?" And you can tell on her face immediately. She's like, I did. And then she'll tell me she went rock climbing or kung fu someone. Um, yeah. So there is that whole other end, opposite end of that spectrum where you need to tell them like, hey, slow down, slow down. So don't move as much. Okay, so it's 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 almost it's like the opposite end yeah. of the other person. The other person is like, make sure you remember to move. Yes, and then the mover yeah. is like, remember to rest. Let Let's take posture as an example too. Okay, I'm sure everyone's heard pull your shoulder blades back and down, back and down. So that's one extreme. The other extreme, you have the people who walk around with their shoulders forward, hunched, head forward. So the goal isn't to go from one extreme to the other. It's just stay in the middle. Have the capability to go shoulders fully back and down or forward. You need to allow your body to have that range to tap into either side. Which is why your best posture is your next posture. Don't stay in one spectrum. Just keep moving. Remind your jeez oh, sorry about that a little <laughs> neck crack he just cracked his own neck in front of a chiropractor <laughs> oops um okay great because okay that's the uh i think about as you're saying that what, I, what i'm thinking about is oh my gosh i don't know how you walk through the world yes with all this information in your head because i know even like because sarah does uh she trains dogs mm-hmm. and she trains dog owners mm-hmm 
and we walk around with our own dog and it's hard looking at other untrained owners and untrained dogs and yeah. she knows she can point out everything that's wrong with what they're doing exactly <laughs> this leash is wrong this collar is wrong the you know they're on their phone as they're walking they're not attentive the dog's leading there's not you know, all the yeah. all the stuff so how, how do you how same, do, how same do you, thing does sarah say anything to them probably <laughs> Probably not, no. I think. Does she? <laughs> no, she does not. Yeah. We're not the police. Yeah. And you, yeah, I've learned don't, don't say anything. Don't try to correct. Only help when help is seeked. Yeah. Yeah. But that's still kind of, I don't know, it seems kind of, it's kind of, feels like it got, it's got to be rough though. It's being like, oh, this person needs help. Or wow, this is really wrong, they're going to hurt themselves, or all all of the above is just like, you could almost yeah. be a superhero if you wanted to, and you could just go around with your cape and be yeah. correcting people all day. But, but then again, people can get defensive. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I've learned that uh, more so while personal training. Um, if like someone's bench pressing or doing a squat, and then you go up and tell them like, hey, you're doing it wrong. You're going to hurt yourself. Whereas in their mind, they're probably feeling like they accomplished something, being able to hit a certain personal record of weight that they're doing. So you wouldn't want to completely kill their vibe, ruin their mood with that. Yeah. And we've all been in the situation too where I could imagine you're doing a squat at the gym and somebody comes up to you. Exactly. And you're like, I, I, think I, I get know. offensive. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I think I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And you're actually giving me bad advice right now. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's hard. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to trust people. <laughs> All right. We have a question coming in from, from off our camera. live audience. Yeah. Uh, Sarah, what's up? Do you want to come in just talking to the mic real quick? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. We'll listen. So, um, going back to part of lifestyle, when you're with owners and mm -hmm. managers, like a lot of studies, people or doctors can tell you like four to six hours at a minimum. Some people like 12 hour days doing a lot and like your body has to be ready for that. What are some things those people can do to maintain their body um, in the midst of like high intensity work? For example, if you're out training, you know, so the right job most of the mm -hmm. time, how can you maintain your body? Perfect. Great question. Okay. So I don't know if people heard that, yeah. but she's asking about maintaining a body when uh, you're at the top tier of like stunt world and I don't, you don't even have to be top tier because even a lot of us you sure don't want to talk into the mic yeah, <laughs> <laughs> i'll have you summarize a question um, you don't even have sure. to be top, tier top tier was a bad descriptor yeah. i would say like a lot of us are still potentially training in stunt world yeah Break for that long, 
being ready for 12 hours of sex or Absolutely. how do you transition for that? So how do you maintain your body in the best sort of lifestyle? Yeah. Do, you, do I need to summarize yeah, the question? Yeah, yeah. yeah. See your, yes, you do. So she's basically saying um, for people who are performers, like an athlete who typically perform on a daily basis four to six hours, um, how can they maintain that? And um, are they supposed to stop to give their body a break? Is that Does that sound right? What does taking a break look like? Or even just being resting in between when the expectation is you know you'll be working eight months, twelve hours that day and you're moving and taking a breather. Yeah. So what is the expectations when you are required to work and perform multiple hours on a daily basis? Good question. Um one, you are human, so just because someone is expecting you to do eight hours of training, you're still human. Um, there are some things that are realistic and some things that are not realistic. But going back to what we spoke about in the beginning of the show, you need what your body's capacity is and are is are you staying within that capacity. So as a stunt actor, actress, you have built your capacity to be able to work four to six hours a day. You didn't just wake up one day and say, hey, I'm going to do this four to six hours. So as long as you've built it, you can do it daily because you're staying within your capacity. But if you're, you wake up tomorrow and say you're going to try to squat 500 pounds, no. But if you've been squatting for months, 100 pounds, 150, 200, 250, 300, that's you that's fine because you've built that load capacity does that answer yeah yeah then are there any exercise instructions or things like that in between that you do for preparing you for yeah ice bath sauna yeah. some yeah. exercises or stretches in between to do you we're getting a little specific here so if you've tried sauna or ice bath and you've felt good, then you continue to do that. Or if we've identified a deficiency, movement deficiency in your body, you can work on that bit by bit. Like if we take an athlete like a soccer player or a baseball player, pitcher, you're not going to try to change their pitch when they're in season. You're not going to try to make them stronger or work on their mobility when they're in season because they work hours and hours a day on their throw. So you do little, little, little stuff just to maintain, make sure they're not getting worse, uh, they're not gonna hurt themselves. But off season, when you're not filming, when you're not playing, that's when you do the changes. So. Nice, thanks for the yeah. question. <laughs> she's crawling away all right that was lovely does that make sense makes does it make sense. sense makes sense to me reach out if you have questions <laughs> okay now let's jump to <clears throat> I want to talk about 
recovery. Which is essentially, I guess I want to talk about it in the sense of maybe how... Because this... Okay. The mental side of Uh recovery. So, as Sarah was talking about, you know, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of people out there that are used to being mobile and moving mm-hmm. as their life, their lifestyle, their job, and then they get injured yeah. and they need to recover. So they're essentially kept from yeah. the thing that they love doing yes. and they can't do the stuff. So on top of all the sessions of needing to rebuild mm-hmm there's that mental aspect of uh not getting to not getting to do the thing so i guess the question is um what's your role in all that yeah and even i've had personal experience with that too so while i was you know training and changing my body and enjoying workouts for myself back before i prioritized patients and clients um I've done bodybuilding, I've done powerlifting, and I've done Olympic lifting. Um, so I've dealt with injuries too, and they're the worst. Like if you try to tell a professional athlete that hey, you need to take a break or uh, you need to stay off of you know a basketball player shooting or running, it's like a crumbling sensation feeling. So there is definitely a psychological component to that. But what I try to tell my patients that I've told myself, like you will rebound back out of this. Um, you need to take that that quarter step back to be able to take those multiple steps forward. Um, and it's the hardest thing, hardest thing to do because they don't, they don't see that. They're just so in the moment they're so used to making little progressions and not regressing that you just need to help. Well, I try my best to help them see the bigger picture versus being so focused in on what's going on right now. Yeah. Cause that, does that fall into the, I don't know the right word purview of, Kind of like when you said when you were a personal trainer, you Mm -hmm. couldn't help assess where problems were coming from. And same with the massage therapist. Is this kind of that same vein where you have somebody come in, you can see they're dealing with a lot mentally, but you can't really 100% assess that aspect? Or like, how how does that work? Sometimes you are able to see it in the patient's face. Like, they're... They can hear what you're saying, but they're not listening to what you're saying. And there is nothing that I can do on that. Um, I don't think there is. So they need to probably hear it from another professional. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good question. But you are, but you are, you, you, okay. But you have been through it and you can empathize and you can be there in that way. Absolutely. That's great. Yeah. But it makes sense. And we got another chuckle from Sarah on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about you a little bit, sir. 
being that I just want to talk a little bit about like work-life balance. Okay. How do you, what, what's your, I don't know. Yeah. What do you do for work? How do you balance work and life? Yeah. So besides, um, besides treating patients, um, I also do trading in the stock market. So that's kind of completely opposite and in a whole different spectrum, but it's, I find it pretty fun and actually it's really, if you want to mess with your emotions, get into trading. Oh no. (laughs) Um, So that's just a skill that I'm really trying to get better at. Um, So if I'm not doing that, I love to take naps. Like I love sleeping. Um, And then just on my laptop, watching YouTube videos uh, trying to learn, always trying to learn more. Um, yeah. And the more I learn, like, I really do feel like there's so much that needs to be learned as well. So the more I learn, the less I know kind of thing. Um, and then, uh, hang out with friends, cousins. Um, I have a fiance, hang out with her and I love cars so Porsche, I've Porsche. I've heard, I've heard. Yeah. You still have the Jeep? Still have the Jeep, yeah. The I've extended the lease three months now because I'm waiting for prices, car prices to drop down, which I think it is. So. Okay. So, I don't know. I'm trying to think about, like, being that you work in this specific field, I wonder what your outlook is like on what a work-life balance is or how much time goes into Hmm. that physical, mental, physical health, mental health, getting time away from work, getting some time with work. I don't know if you have any specific outlooks on how to, what your balance looks like or how, how you manage. So I've definitely had to cut back on my workouts um, because there's a, there's a risk reward involved. Like if I injure myself, I won't be able to treat patients and there goes the job aspect of it. So I had to cut back on something I really enjoyed. How much were you doing and what, like, mm-hmm. what, what does the yeah. cutback look like? So I was pretty much working out every day, essentially, um, And it was like heavy lifting involved too. And, you know, with Olympic lifting, it's a whole body thing. That's recent. Recent, yeah. Okay. Maybe the past year. Yeah. So now I've cut it back. I'm still active every day, but now it's more trying to fine tune my movement and trying to learn how I can move better myself just so I can minimize injury or when I'm working on a patient, I can minimize dysfunction or pain to my body while helping them. Okay, nice. So you're still essentially dedicating the same time each day to some sort of movement. You just switched from like the, the high, the, the risk of, 
the higher more risk stuff. Yeah, switching yeah. from the higher risk Olympic lifting yeah. to just finding yourself movement wise. Correct. Like, if my capacity, uh, you know, hundred percent capacity, I'm at maybe fifty to seventy percent. I am not pushing anything on my body currently. Okay. Yeah. All right. Do you cook? So, <laughs> do I cook? You know, I <laughs> I meal prep the same thing every week. Uh-huh. Yes. So it's ground beef, put taco seasoning on it, and then my dinners usually involve tortilla, make a few couple burritos, cheese, jalapenos. In the mornings, I have a protein bar. Um for lunch, I have a protein smoothie, and then and comes dinner okay. with a lot of coffee in between. Gotcha. <laughs> okay, I like it. So you're yeah. you're a routine guy. I'm a routine guy. Very yeah. routine based. Yes. That's yeah. Okay, cool. That's I don't remember because I know I, I shadowed. I came along for one of Sarah's sessions, and I forgot if we talked about meal prep there, but I know that. Yeah, I always, yeah, I don't know, I, I do the meal prep, or I used to do the meal prep. Um, I brought it to Sarah a little bit too, but oh. it is hard to bring somebody else on to that, that regimen. Yeah, <laughs> I've, you know, especially since I was coaching people, I wanted to feel like what it was like to be coached. So for a year, I worked with a bodybuilding coach that I had to every week report how many calories and the macronutrients that I was eating. I had to take measurements and I had to weigh in and take pictures as well. So for anyone who is trying to lose weight, don't just rely on a scale. You want to take measurements and pictures because those can show a lot more than just the fluctuations on a scale. So yeah, I that's pretty much where I think I developed the habit of the routine because it was a year straight of meal preps and consistent workouts and repeating week by week yeah and you've liked the meal prep and you've kept it essentially yes, yes. yeah that's nice i like it too <laughs> what do what do you I, meal prep i don't do it as much anymore yeah. um my meal prep i switched from ground beef to turkey okay so it's the ground turkey, and then uh, I also do ground bison instead oh, of beef. I should nice. have said that. Nice. Yeah. So I know, I know. Left to my own devices, back in the day, <laughs> I just get the I get the pot, the big pot, uh -huh. throw some ground turkey in there, red onion, uh, black bean, quinoa, broccoli, spinach. It's kind of like a little. Sounds good. Kind of like a, a, uh, yeah, it's that's yeah. yeah. And then I wouldn't season oh, it. Oh, you have to season. I turkey. wouldn't season it, but because of because of Sarah, we've see we season it now. Is it more enjoyable? I don't, I, I don't really care too much. <laughs> but well, do you put any like salsa or? So yeah, we and it's it's a very flexible thing. I don't know if you mix it up too. Yeah, but. Yeah, we'll do taco night with it. Yep. We'll just, you know, scoop it into, we'll do the street taco style, oh. throw some mozzarella and then the, the green sauce. And do we have some here on set right now? <laughs> Sarah's <laughs> prepping it as we speak. Perfect. Um, 
Yeah, and or if it's breakfast time and or lunch or whatever, something you can just put it in a bowl, throw it, have exactly. it as is. You can throw an egg on it. You can you can do whatever, and it's all nice and lovely. But um, and it doesn't cost hundreds of dollars yeah, like everything nice. does these days. It's nice. So it's yeah, especially if I'm gonna be on set for a while, or if I'm gonna be on set this week. Yeah. It's good to just get that in the... And you, you probably feel good eating it as well, it's right? Nice. Like it's nice. You don't nice. feel heavy or... It, hol- it holds. Yeah. And it's cheap. Yes. And, it's, uh, and it doesn't taste bad yeah. for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I like it. And uh, Sarah's lovely enough to eat it on occasion with me, which is nice. Um, okay. Moving on. All right trying to think of what else we got here okay this is a this is a little bit of a switch up i'm just kind of curious because i did i did find you on instagram okay i know it's not an active instagram Mm -hmm. for now for now we could talk about plans there but i do want to look at and kind of call out a uh, post you had from may of 2017 Mm. um you posted about like you had just bought like a Canon ADD, uh huh, and uh, you had ambitions to kind of like take cool photos and videos and explore that that space. It's been a little bit since then that we're talking, what six years. So okay. did you? How did that adventure go? What's uh? So that good. Wow, I have to think about that. I think. It started with wanting to do projects with cars, like shooting photos of cars. And then I did enjoy like detailing my car as well. So I wanted to take shots like before and afters. And I wanted to document the detailing process that I was doing with the cars. That's how it started. But then it was a transition to... um, creating social media posts for you move yeah but yeah that's it started with cars and then transitioned to the posts okay so did you but i returned that oh you don't have it anymore yeah instead of the canon i got the sony a7 okay a7 III. nice yeah so you still so you still dabble in that way but you kind of focus still in more of like the the almost more of the workspace where you're creating content for the business versus uh, going out in the world and taking photos of flowers and stuff. (laughs) Yes. So it is supposed to be for work, but I still feel weird setting it up in office while I'm treating a patient. Um, Because that is kind of common. You'll see that on social media by other chiropractors or practitioners. But I... Something about it still feels weird to me. Like it, it takes the focus away from the patient, and it makes it just for me, is what I feel like. Yeah. Does it feel like more of a performance, or 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 I don't know. Yeah. Could be like. Yeah. Good question. I mean, that's what I would feel like. Is like I'm not even. You're just. You're just kind of here for the benefit of. like I need to play up myself. Exactly. Gotta, yes. Like I'm just. We're supposed to. Yes. I'm here for, I'm here for and you. And this is for you. You're it's, not here for me. That's. I really think that's how I need to check in with Sarah so she can 
depict what's going on in my mind but yeah <laughs> yeah no it sounds that's how i would see it um but okay yeah, yeah. so you've dabbled with that but uh-huh. i bought nice lens for it nice mics for it um yeah i still have it inside yeah okay all right. And you still do the car stuff? You're still... No, I okay. stopped the car stuff. Oh, oh I shucks. would spend like three days just detailing my car. And who has the time for that anymore? I mean, if, you know, we, we make three time. Day, three days. Come on. That's, it's a bit much. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> Good job on letting that go. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> um, okay. So there's that. And then let me see. I think I took a photo of this too. But um, oh, this is another one from Instagram. This is from your you move account. Okay. Let me see. Yeah, and then for people at home, if you want to follow along, this is the Instagram is specifically you move Cairo. Uh, this post is from. I don't have the date here. I just took a screenshot. But you had, I like how you have, I don't know, you have text posts mm-hmm. as well. One of them, I guess, was curious on more explanation on it. You have, uh, I'll just read this here. You say, problem number one, we're made to believe using this massage gun, muscle stimulator, Adjustment, core workout, will get rid of the pain. Problem number two, nothing is helping, nothing works. And then you go on to say, uh, very rarely is there a quick fix to eliminate long-standing pain or movement dysfunction. Some solid advice I could provide you with uh, is this. Make sure the joints in your body work how they're supposed to. Learn how to control and own the movements these joints are designed to perform. But I guess curious on how you see, like I know even on set too, like somebody will have like a Theragun or yeah. like even my parents have one, Sarah has one. And what your opinion is yeah. on a how to properly utilize them or what to pair it with to make them work or yeah. I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are there. So have you used one? Or uh, just your parents? I have never been a fan, so I don't seek it out. But okay. sometimes they get excited. And they're like, try it, try it, try it. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, all right, okay. Okay. So my goal with that post was, let me preface it a little. Do you remember uh, during the Olympics, Michael Phelps, Phelps had cupping done? And then cupping became this crazy craze. Like, you had to get cupping done. If you didn't, you're not human. That's the photo of the back with exactly. like the, kind of like the welt kind yep, of look on the it. The little yeah. red spots all throughout his back. So that became a trend for, I don't know, maybe a year, year and a half. And then that's all people would speak about, essentially, like no forget massage you need to get cupping done this is gonna this is it this is the be all end all i do you hear about it today 
probably not not as much yeah do you hear people are still in pain yeah then flash forward recently most recent was you know these tools such as a theragun or hypervolt oh yeah this is the best recovery tool you're gonna you'll never have pains or aches again once you do this on a daily basis well do people still come to me uh for treatment yes Uh, do people still deal with aches and pains yes so i'm more against um not the tools absolutely not the tools it's just what's being promised backed by these tools like this isn't gonna change your life it might it'll help but it shouldn't be um it shouldn't be demonstrated or viewed as this is the end all be all that's i think that's what i was trying to get with the post the only thing that you can do to in my opinion really change your stuff for the better is learn how to create and express movement better like if you're that person who texts like this start texting here instead no matter what if you continue doing this and then hypervolt your neck or cup your neck and then the next day go back to texting like this like you're not changing anything but instead if you change the way you text message as an example you're doing far better for your neck than using any device because you've changed the way you express the movement of texting does that make sense yeah yeah that makes sense it's uh it, it can sound complicated but you just need to be aware you need to be told like hey stop doing that or change this I mean, it sounds kind of like everything else too. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta fix the foundational framework, aka like your diet. If you add this, but you're still eating a a, a McDonald's, you can't, you can't do a soup diet for a week, lose weight, and then go back to eating the same way you're doing. You're or any other fad diet that we've dealt with. I don't know what it is, like a smoothie diet or cucumber diet. I don't know what is going on right now. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so that was that post. Yeah. So the post, again, just to clarify, it's changed the way you move versus relying on other inputs, external inputs from tools. I like it. There's no, there's no, yeah, be, uh, be weary of the, uh, that's it. End yes. all be all. Yes. There's no, there's, there's whatever is being promised. Just, there's no such thing for any, for anything. For anything there isn't. <sighs> okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I have, I don't know. This is um, kind of like a weird generalities opinions I just wanted to get from you here. <laughs> and it's okay. Let's do it. So we haven't talked about it. 
<clears throat> but what are, what's your opinion on sleep? From the guy who likes to sleep and take naps. You're, you're a napper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely essential. Essential. I don't know how people function four or five hours a day or not even quality sleep. Like, how, how do you function? Do, how, how's your sleep? I think I'm blessed with, uh, with good sleep. Good sleep, yeah. Yeah. I think we live longer too. You hear things. Yeah. <laughs> but curious on how... Okay, so there's the like what's what's your sleep pattern? I guess to get to get some context, you mentioned you nap, yes. but you do you also get a full night's sleep and and then you tack on a nap, or do you? I don't know. How do you? What's your? So I sleep around like ten, ten, eleven, and then the market for trading opens six thirty. So I'm usually up by six the latest um and then i'll take probably a nap for 30 minutes around 10 o'clock and then um we'll transition to going to work for treating patients up until like 5 6 p.m okay yeah so it sounds like seven to eight hours of sleep yeah and then the half hour nap and it's also, I'm not sure how much you know about sleep too, but it's cumulative. So if you do get six hours at night, if you get another hour split between 15 minutes or 30 minutes throughout the day, you're still getting like seven hours or if you nap more, eight hours. Okay. Yeah, I feel like I don't, I haven't retained the specifics about sleep, but I know I push for, I try to get eight to nine. Nice. A night is the goal. Um, and then sometimes, you know, the set can be kind of, kind of mean with their, (laughs) with their schedules. Cause it's like you start your week with a a 7am start and then because the way that movies work is, you know, you shoot some stuff that's supposed to look like daytime and then you also have to shoot stuff that looks like nighttime. And then by the end of the week, we're in a whole different location we're starting at 7 p.m and we're finishing at 7 a.m and then we have that'll be like on a friday uh-huh. and then we have to rest try to recover on saturday and then we yeah. have another 7 a.m start on monday so it's like you're kind of being pulled in all these directions yeah. and uh it's hard to have a full night's sleep when you're 180 your sleep schedule do you notice a difference in these fluctuations can you notice a difference between how your mood is and well, I'm, in, I'm in pain the whole time. You are in pain. <laughs> it yeah. hurts. Yeah. It hurts so much. Yeah. And then I know like, hey, the sleep is hard to get. So you get most likely I'm getting less sleep mm-hmm. at the wrong, at the different time. And then I know and I've heard something somewhere where if you're getting, if you get like four hours, like it's hard to recover the sleep if you're not doing the cumulative effect. If you go the day with like a four hour sleep it's hard to get those four hours back later yeah either way i'm very i'm I'm quite protective about my sleep so i'm glad i'm glad that you're i'm glad you're validating me thank (laughs) you yes take naps sleep must 
Okay, what about, uh, I see you have a water bottle here. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on hydration? Yes, water and coffee. So. <laughs> but the... Ying, opposing stuff. Um, but, yeah, I don't really like... Well, I do have a Diet Coke here and there. Um, but water. <laughs> water for sure. Um, it's sometimes i even tell patients who are heavy caffeine consumers um, if they feel still tired after drinking three four cups of coffee then you're probably severely dehydrated so instead try to drink three four bottles of water and typically they end up feeling better Mm. yeah so if coffee's not doing the trick instead just load up on water and give that a shot drink water yeah, who knew? Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> Great. Um, okay. Well, I am trying to think. Okay, I guess lastly, lastly mm-hmm. here, I just want to talk about social media. Uh-huh. I know you've kind of joked a little bit about, um, So, I don't know. Even before we're rolling, you're like, oh, my Instagram or uh, this, or you want to yeah. try to push for this. So what, um, what's your, what's your view? What's your, what are, you, what are your views and what are you trying yeah. to change? Like, I don't know how you see it all. I, I don't want it to be like superficial. I don't want it to be the perfect world. So I, I want to try to approach when I start back social media, I I want it to be engaging yet just realistic, going back to the expectations. Um, I want it to be real enough to still be able to build a following and not like not waste my time too, because social media takes time to build. Um, So the effort that I put in, I want to make sure I'm firmly delivering something that I really believe in and not just creating this like, hey, this is the best clinic. This is the only place you need to be to get your pains fixed, yada, yada. Um, One post that I remember I keep seeing, I don't know if they still do it, but it's like, Three exercises to fix your back pain. Three exercises. You do these, your back pain will be resolved. But that's just not realistic. So I need to find my angle on how to deliver quality posts and information, but yet keep it realistic to set better expectations. That's where I need to figure out. Yeah. That is tough. So you're talking about, is that specifically the You Move Cairo account? Or are you talking about your personal Personal. as well? Uh, More for the business. Okay. For personal, um, yeah, I, what is it called when you just read stuff, but you don't post? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I definitely read on social media um, or view posts, but. Maybe it's my personality. I don't post much personal stuff. Hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. I wonder what Sarah would have to yes. say about that. She needs to, again, <laughs> unclutter 
what's going on here. <laughs> um, okay, well, all right. I don't know how to... Yeah, I'm not here to give advice on your social media approach here, but that sounds nice. I well, like the... Yeah, I think that's the way to... Yeah, the authentic... Yeah. I mean, you tell me. Do you... Do you feel like... Um, it's like if you do follow a health or fitness page, has it come to the point where you're like, oh, I've seen this, I've heard this, but it's still not helping, you know? Or it's like, oh, this is redundant. Um, like, has it come to that point yet? I am. I'm not the right person to ask. Not right. Okay. I yeah. I don't I don't follow those pages. So yeah, <laughs> we can talk to Sarah after she does. But and maybe um, maybe my perception's different. Just being so involved in the yeah, field. You're, you're in it. Yeah. Yeah, because I guess what I think about is more like Sarah's world, like the dog training world, mm -hmm. where it feels like she does, she goes the route that you're talking about in the good way that you're aiming yeah, for. Yeah, and you know, I have spoken with her about that too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. so it makes sense that yeah. you, because I mean, that, that way resonates with me is like you're not, I can tell the honesty of yeah. like, hey, this is this takes work. This mm -hmm. is helpful, but also keep in mind there are other things you need. To, there there are other aspects. Is you got to make sure you're getting your sleep. You got to make sure you're drinking your water, and you got to make sure you're being consistent with this over time. And yeah, it's and not, you know it. It goes back to that post that you read that I made. It's like I've tried everything. The reason why I say. Uh, that I wrote the person saying I've tried everything if you hear the same information mm. over and over then you're going to think that's everything and then if you've tried those three exercises and you still have back pain then you feel lost or loss of hope that's why I need to figure out how to deliver different content that's the instant gratification yeah. Yeah. of uh, of the world we live in, yeah. right? Is exactly this hurts right now, and I and I need this better, and or like you can even talk about the the journey of the of the hitting the gym and everything too. It's like a lot of people want the results now, and they want to lose that ten pounds now, or they want to be able to lift this now, and. Uh, stuff takes time. And stuff yes. takes that consistency. Yeah. yeah, and it's uh, yeah, it's it's just it yeah, it requires more work than we are told. Yeah, because it's definitely hard too. I could imagine having back pain and actually trying stuff. Oh yeah, and being like, I did this every day for a month. Exactly. When do when do I mm -hmm. when do I see it if I'm and you know, the person who is dealing with back pain. It's probably aggravated as well. So they can't think as logically because there is frustration when you're when you're in pain. So absolutely. Yeah, and that makes sense. That's where that's where you come in is you could actually be like either A, they were doing the right thing and just the context and, wasn't the right timing. Yeah, either yeah, not the right timing or 
or something else with it. Yeah. Or B, it was the wrong exercise, and mm-hmm. you're here to help guide them to the where they actually want to be. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah you're, you're helpful. <laughs> just a lot of lot of shades of gray. It's just hard to make it black or white. That's all. Yeah. Okay. Well. I'm gonna say um, thanks again for coming on. I think I think I think we did a good job here. I think so. Yeah. Oh, you guys leave comments if if I can improve on anything. Yeah. Um, if okay, so for those that do want to uh, keep in the loop with mm-hmm. what you're posting and what you're putting out there, or find you or just follow you in that way uh let's shout out the instagram again is that the best place to keep keep in the loop yeah you move cairo is the instagram handle um that's probably the best place can check out like the the yelp as well the google reviews if you want to hear some words from actual patients um that way you get to see their experience or you get a glimpse of their experience but um, yeah, you move Cairo on Instagram is where I will be reposting stuff. Okay, great, perfect, cool. All right, that's the show, everybody. Make sure I don't I don't know how to do the outros yet after ninety five episodes. But yeah, like like he, like you said, leave a comment, uh, subscribe, yes. uh, follow the channel, um, all the things, and uh, yeah, thanks again. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, everybody.